Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, this is Forum. I'm Scott Schaefer, in for Mina Kim. At the height of the pandemic, California's Employment Development Department, or EDD, suffered a massive meltdown. Overwhelmed by unemployment claims, the EDD at one point had a backlog of more than 5 million cases. Many legitimate claims were wrongly denied, while scammers ripped off the state for a staggering $30 billion. False claims that were approved, while honest claims were denied. Three years later, EDD is still mired in a backlog of claims, and appeals take months to resolve, long after Governor Gavin Newsom vowed to fix it. That's next, after this news. This is Forum. I'm Scott Schaefer, and today for Mina Kim. During the pandemic, California's already fraying unemployment benefit system reached historic backlog, impacting more than 5 million workers. Today, more than 150,000 Californians are involved in legal battles as they wait to receive their unemployment benefits, many accumulating debt and stress while they're waiting. First up this hour is someone who dealt with fraud, draining her pandemic unemployment benefits, was accused of doing it herself when trying to address the problem with EDD. Joining us from Burbank is Madeline May. She's a video editor down in Southern California. Madeline, thanks so much for joining us. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. Good. Well, tell us, first of all, um, you know, what happened to you, basically? I know you qualified for pandemic unemployment from the EDD, I think, in 2020. What happened then? Um, Yeah. So like you said, I had qualified. I was um, let go from my job because of the pandemic and quarantine. I was a video editor, and there's not much use for a video editor during a, a quarantine. So I was let go and I was uh, eligible for all of the, um, yeah, the full package, the full um, relief program. And everything was fine. I got the money. Everything was going really great until one day I noticed that there were a bunch of uh, very suspicious charges on my car that I definitely did not make myself. And there let me were, just let me yeah. just for our <laughs> listeners benefit, yeah. let me just remind folks. So you got a debit card, right, from Bank of America? Yes, they gave me a debit card, which was connected to an account that I guess the EDD was was giving me the money or I guess whoever was uh, was doing it. Um, and, and so you notice these weird transactions. Yes, because I was using the card like a normal debit card. I was making purchases and all that. And I noticed that there were a bunch of very strange 
um, ATM withdrawals, like from different cities, like the the most obvious, like fraud, like stolen something <laughs> that you could ever imagine. Like it was so suspicious. And like some of these cities were cities I'd never been to. So I'm like, okay, I, you know, I know what banks are like. You just call them and you should be able to get it figured out. So I did. I contacted them and they said, oh yeah, you know, it's fine. We'll give you back the money. You know, we're going to check out your claim and all that. And I thought that was fine. Uh, about a month later after that, the the same thing happened again. And I uh, made another claim. So I have, I guess, two claims right now. And they gave me back all the money. And I thought everything was good. This is like um, uh, $5,000, $6,000 total, something mm -hmm, like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, yeah, one day I noticed that um, there is a negative balance in my EDD Bank of America account of $5,000 to $6,000. And I'm like, wait, what's going on? And so I contact them, which took a very long time, and they said that they had reversed their decision on my claim and had decided that it was fraudulent mm. or they didn't believe me. Mm. And they, they said something like that there was a lot of fraudulent claims and they were just going to act as if they were all fake. So did they did they also say, look, you've got a negative account now. You owe us money, or are they just saying we're going to cut no, off your debit card? Uh, no, no. Th uh, thankfully, it wasn't that. What, what basically happened was I just had this negative account, so that every time I got more relief money as part of the package, it would just go towards this negative account mm. uh, instead of like going to uh, you know. Uh, myself, I even tried to ask, is there any way you can send the money somewhere else? I have a claim that's being fought. And they're like, no, we, this is just how it is. Yeah. And and so where are things right now? I mean, how long did it take to get resolved or is it resolved? Uh, it, it, it did finally get resolved. Oh, God. I want to say it was like got six months, a uh, long, long time. They kept kind of giving me the, the, the runaround for it. Um, I had to go back and forth calling EDD and Bank of America because they kept switching me to different places. Yeah. I was on the phone an hour, two hours a day. Sometimes they would hang up on me after two hours and not even take the call. Mm. And, you know, finally, I just went to my local representatives and they kind of helped me kind of get through. But even then, like, it's still, yeah, I want to say it took at least six months. Yeah. When you say local representatives, you mean like elected officials? Yeah. Here in, in, in Burbank, I had, you know, someone said, hey, you should reach out to your local, yeah, local yeah. representatives. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I did that. And that actually helped a lot, which okay. I think. Is probably why I did eventually get the money, um, you know, uh, six months later with like not even a, a apology or any sign that anything had even yeah. uh, gone wrong, which I'm, is very I'm, funny. I'm curious. Do you remember? Was it a state representative or was it a federal, like a congress member or a legislator? Do you remember? It was a it was a state representative. Okay. It, was, it was a Burbank uh, local um, a city representative. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, good. Uh, yeah, they were very helpful. Good. Glad glad that worked out. So now you're part of a proposed class action lawsuit against B of A. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. And so what, from your mind, what would justice look like for you as this goes forward? Well, uh, for me, I, I think it would be just just compensation for, for everything that 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 happened to me. Um, I, I am a, a trans woman. And I had actually um, come out during the pandemic as a trans woman. So while all this was going on, I was also going through this this large process wow. of, of basically discovering who I was 
uh, figuring myself out. You know, I had to basically start a, a whole new life from scratch. And that's where all of my relief money was going to was was to fund what is essentially this whole new this whole new world that I had I had decided to enter that I had to enter. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, you got through it. So I guess you kind of pr- showed your, showed yourself what you can what you can do. <laughs> You're I, dealing I, with a lot of things at once. I did. Yeah. But at, at the same time, for me, it's like I don't feel like I have gotten justice from this. Like I, you know, I never got any kind of like an apology. You know, I never got any like, you know, like it just it was such a horrific time in my life. Like I had people sometimes when I called them, they would just call me a liar and mm. say that I was making this up. Like one woman operator, uh, one of the, one of the people was like treating me like I was a criminal, like talking about, Oh yeah, this is totally like just giving me this whole sarcasm routine. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, yeah, I mean, just like, I know it's like a cliche to say, but like the, the mental emotional trauma of like already having to be like, well, I'm a woman, so I got to figure all that stuff out now. And then also just dealing with these two companies, uh, the Bank of America and EDD, yeah. both of them going back and forth, telling me that it's their fault or that fault. It was one of the worst, if not the worst moments of my life. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk, I think, to some other people uh, who have been looking into this and uh, another, uh, uh, some someone who went through it as well, different kind of story. But I really want to thank you for joining us uh, to give us that experience, and it'll give us a lot to uh, to think about in the, in the rest of the hour. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. That's Madeline May, who is a video editor based in Burbank. And joining us now is Lauren Hepler. She's an investigative reporter with Cal Matters. Has been looking into this for, uh, well, for quite some time, uh, and, and this has been going on for years. Lauren, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Well, first, as you listen to that story, um, does that seem kind of typical based on what you've learned in your reporting? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that takes me back to a really crazy period in late 2020, early 2021, which is when Madeline's case was also kind of in motion when I was just getting calls constantly and messages on Reddit and other platforms online with people saying, I'm going to get evicted. Or in one case, a mother was saying, I'm living in a car with my son because I'm having these issues with my debit cards. I like I have these negative balances, like Madeline said, or I can't get the money that I know I'm owed. Um, and so it, it's just kind of wild now that we're, you know, another two, three years down the line. And in a lot of ways, these cases are still being litigated today. Yeah. Well, you know, EDD and the Unemployment Appeals Board, they say, oh, things are much better, which would be hard to imagine that they'd be worse. Uh, but what's your sense of where things are right now? Yeah, it kind of depends what part of the system you're looking at. Uh, if you look at EDD's overall numbers for the call call center wait times and just the sheer number of jobless claims that are coming in. Obviously, things have tapered off a lot from when the economy was completely shut down in the early days of the pandemic. Um, But one of the things like a couple months ago, I really started to hear whispers of, you know, what's kind of wild. There's this one little known area where the waits are actually way longer now than the EDD call centers. And that is in the appeals courts, which makes sense. You know, it's kind of a, a domino effect. Like people had all these issues a couple of years ago. 
And now um, the, the state estimates that about 1 million people were improperly denied benefits amid all of this confusion. So there's just been this long process of trying to unwind that confusion. And right now, um, as we speak, the, the average wait is about 139 days, so almost five months to get resolution if there is a, a wait or if there is a question in your case. Um, so within that long wait, it, it brings back some of these, you know, really tough questions about what are people doing for basic survival um, for the bills they need to pay in the meantime. Yeah. Well, and in addition, of course, to stories like Madeline's, uh, you know, sort of a individual story, you have at the same time uh, this massive fraud that happened, 30, 31 billion dollars that people who did not deserve to get these unemployment benefits somehow managed to do, some of them doing it from behind bars, some of them using names like Diane Feinstein to get benefits. I mean, things that should have been caught. What is the status of that? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think that's where one of the main sources of frustration is. It's like we know that early in the pandemic, state reports show that organized scammers, most of them using identity theft techniques where you buy information online and then file fake claims, they were able to avoid the state's automated online system pretty easily early in the pandemic. And then now you've got cases where there's individual workers saying, hey, like I I never got the benefits I'm, I'm owed. And it's like a very, very intense level of manual review and scrutiny. And it's like, what is this? For some folks, it's kind of like, why is there this double standard that individual workers are held to a higher bar? Um, and in terms of where the investigations stand, EDD has hired a special prosecutor to try to claw back some of that money that was drained earlier in the pandemic. We've heard that the state is recouped what could ultimately be about a billion dollars. So those cases all have to wind through the justice system. Yeah. Um, and there are DAs, district attorney's offices around the state with investigators as well. Yeah. All right. We're going to come back and dig into this further with Lauren Hepler, investigative reporter with CalMatters, along with some other folks who will be joining us after we take a break. And we'd love to hear from you. Are you currently appealing your unemployment benefits case in California? What has the process been like for you? Have you been denied unemployment benefits? And, uh, you know, what was your what's your story, basically? Give us a call at 866-733-6786. 7336786 you can also find us on social media we're at KQED forum I'm Scott Schaefer here for Mina Kim Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. 
And welcome back to Forum. Scott Schaefer here for Mina Kim. And this hour, we're talking about the current landscape for Californians trying to retrieve their pandemic unemployment benefits from the state's EDD. The thousands of Californians currently dealing with the California Unemployment Insurance Appeals Board, which uh, is a whole other process. Uh, And, uh, you know, we're talking about that and what's being done to fix the system. Lauren Hepler, investigative reporter with CalMatters, is here. And joining us now is Jenna Gary, a senior staff attorney with the National Employment Law Project. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I, before I, uh, I want to get back to Lauren real quick, um, you know, this process of fixing the system, because ultimately, you know, that is what is going to resolve this. But it sounds, from what you said before the break, that not only have we not resolved all this fraud, but doesn't California also, in addition to the fraud question, owe the federal government billions of dollars because it had to borrow money for the unemployment insurance? Or, 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 or am I, is that really one pot of money? To Help us figure that out. No, you're right. (laughs) No, no, you're right. And this has happened in other recessions, too. To be clear, the state also during the Great Recession had to go to the feds and say, hey, we need more money to pay all these jobless claims, because both with that recession and then obviously during the pandemic, the spike we saw in unemployment claims was really massive. Um, So there's one question there is like, should the state have had more money set aside in case something did go wrong? Um, But that that wasn't the case. California had about $3 billion set aside and it ended up borrowing about $20 billion from the federal government. So of that total, um, the latest state reports show that the state still owes nearly $19 billion. Um, And the question is, you know, where's that going to come from now that California is facing a deficit? um, There's a potential for business tax hikes and and some other things that have been discussed in the legislature. So I think that will be an ongoing area of discussion for sure. Yeah. Well, Jenna Gary from the National Employment Law Project, I know that you are working, I think, now on focused on California, but you also have a national perspective. From what we've, you know, you've been hearing this hour, what jumps out at you and how California is different or the same from what's happening in other states? Yeah, unfortunately, what we heard from the caller is all too common and actually was very common prior to the pandemic. And obviously, the pandemic just kind of shone a spotlight on these issues because it impacted so many people. Um, But really underlying all of this, which I think is what I hear, is that the unemployment insurance is a long neglected and underfunded system that was created in 1935 to serve male breadwinners, white white male breadwinners in the economy of 1935. That is not the economy we have today, but the system has remained relatively unchanged. So unfortunately, these problems we hear is something occurring nationally. In California in particular, though, what is unique about California is what you raised the last point, is how much money we owe the federal government. Yes, other states had to borrow from the federal government, but in much smaller amounts, many have been able to repay that. But California follows the federal minimum on what it taxes employers to fund the system. That is $7,000. So employers only pay UI taxes on the first $7,000 of an employee's wages. That is far below many other states, including like Washington and Oregon, the ones that surround us. And with that, you know, in California, of course, you have to go to the voters to raise taxes uh, statewide. I mean, would that 
could could how would you fix that? How would you change that to to raise it from seven thousand dollars? Yeah, you can actually do that through the legislature. So it could be a bill, and actually by raising the taxable wage base, you actually create a more equitable tax structure that would allow a lower tax rate on and have small employers who usually employ more low wage workers paying smaller taxes, and then you have larger employers that tend to employ you know more high wage earners paying their fair share into the system. Interesting. Well, let's uh, read a listener comment here. Noah tweets, when I applied for unemployment benefits last October, I experienced some of the most confusing and worst designed systems I could imagine. They were totally under-resourced, and it was difficult to obtain necessary proof. Not to mention, the minute my application was approved, I started receiving spam texts trying to steal my EDD debit card number. I never received the card, and EDD has no answers for me. I never indicated anywhere uh, public that I had applied there was clearly a leak. Um, I don't know who to ask here. I guess Jenna, d- d- you know, like when you look at things like problems like that, I mean, can you make any assumptions about you know where the problem came from, where the scam began? Unfortunately, there's so many points where that could happen. But I think what it highlights for like the long term systemic reform is that the system needs to be less complex. And the reason it's complex is because it stands from this long narrative that we can't trust individuals and we need to protect business interests in the fund. And so we as an agency, we've created a very complicated system and we look at and our forms and everything serve the interest of business and the agency and not workers. And so how do we actually recenter that and change the culture and the whole design of the system to center workers' needs and how it's going to be the easiest for them to get the benefits? Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to the phones. And again, the number to call if you have a comment or question or want to tell us your story is 866-733-6786. We're talking, of course, about the uh, ongoing problems with the EDD, the Employment Development Department, and now a backlog at the Unemployment Appeals Board as well. And uh, let's go to Stephen in Sacramento. Welcome. Hi. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I, I don't know where to begin with the EDD issue. Um, it's, uh, they're about to make me homeless. I'll get r- right to the point. Um, I'm a I'm in a grad I'm in a grad school program at Sac State and I take internships periodically and and you know in between that time I am I am on unemployment. I filed my claim in March. It's now the near the end of May, and um, I'm still getting the runaround. They have me in the appeals process, but the reason they put me in the appeals process is because the operator put the information in wrong when they were asking about my last employer mm. and. Now I'm, I'm just, it's impossible getting a hold of anyone. I've contacted my local assemblyman, uh, McCarthy's office. Um, I've explained everything to them. I've given them all of the information they needed, and they still put me in the appeals process, and it's about to make me homeless, and I'm going to be uh, a, a homeless grad student in Sacramento if this continues, and wow. I don't know what to do at this yeah. point. Yeah, so sorry to hear that, uh, Lauren. I think uh, you might have done some reporting earlier in the pandemic about how all of this has, in fact, contributed to homelessness. I know somebody had written that. I think it was for Cal Matters. But you know, what um, what are your thoughts about what you're hearing from Stephen? 
Yeah, unfortunately, I have spoken to multiple people that have found themselves in a similar spot or even living in cars or on the street in different parts of California. So I'm really sorry to hear that, Stephen. Um, The only things I've heard folks do personally uh, are go to their state representatives, like Madeline spoke about earlier. I know, like you say, it sounds like you've already done that. You can try other representatives as well. Just try to get um, you know, your your case in front of as many people as possible. There's also talking on forums like this. Please feel free to reach out to me directly as well. This is something we're continuing to work on. A lot of folks um, have spoken to media about this as well. Unfortunately, there it's something where there aren't clear answers and a lot of people are stuck in these weights that have really high consequences for their lives. Jenna, Gary, what would you add? Any thoughts for what Stephen might be able to do aside from calling yet another member of the legislature? Yeah, the only other thing I can say is there's an amazing organization in Sacramento called the Center for Workers' Rights that assists people trying to navigate the unemployment insurance system. And they help lead a group as well that meets quarterly with the Employment Development Department as advocates to address these systemic issues that they're seeing. And so it might be worth reaching out to them as well. Stephen, there's a thought for you. And of course, you're trying to do all of this, deal with all of this while you're also in school. It's uh, quite a lot to balance, huh? Um, Yeah, the the semester just ended and then I don't I didn't want to be homeless at the end of summer going into the fall semester. I, I live a mile away from the EDD headquarters here in Sacramento. They are just as equally impossible to talk to. Yeah. Um, the wait times, it's taken me days to get a hold of anyone on the 800 number. And when I do, they don't have answers because mm. I'm in the appeals process. But the appeals process is because someone got the information wrong mm. on their end. Wow, it's just mistake after mistake after incompetence and, you know, just a system that's hard to navigate. Well, maybe you can try the Center for Workers' Rights, uh, as was suggested by Jenna, and uh, just wish you luck. And, yeah, I would also recommend trying, uh, you know, you tried McCarty's office, maybe try, you know, a state senator who represents you or even another assembly member from nearby. You know, it's worth worth a try. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Wish you luck. I really appreciate it. You bet. Thanks so much. Uh, Wow. Wow. Let's uh, let me read another listener tweet here. Uh, the governor, government and big business will never apologize for mistakes. I had trouble getting benefits in 2020, which I was entitled to, and representative from Nancy Skinner's office uh, had to help me get through to EDD when I only received automated phone recordings. Stephen, if you're still listening, you might try Nancy Skinner's office. She uh, represents uh, the East Bay, the Oakland-Berkeley area, but, uh, you know, sounds like she's got some good people in her office, so maybe give that a try. All right, uh, let me give out the number again. We'll go back to the phones, 866-733-6786. And let's go to Antonio in Oakland. Welcome, you're next. Hi, greetings. Thanks for having me on. Um, So I just had kind of two quick things. Uh, One, it seems that the paternity leave uh, the state provides, which is... Are you there, Antonio? Uh, I think I think we got a problem with uh, with your call. So let's uh, let me uh, just move along. Then, Lauren, um, you know this. The, what we heard from Stephen, and and uh, you know, obviously the, the the problems still exist. And like, is is it your sense that the legislature or the governor's office or this fraud task force? I mean, like, who is making some progress in in addressing these things? Because it sounds like from Stephen that it is still a massive problem up there. 
Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it seems like the kind of thing where we heard a wave of interest from lawmakers in like late 2020, early 2021. It was everyone focused on EDD being like, what's going to be done about this? Um, and a few changes were made, like there's now stronger cross checks on folks who are incarcerated versus, versus the unemployment rolls and things like that. But in terms of these systemic issues, like Jenna was talking about, uh, there's been kind of like a frustrating lack of progress. Now, one of the things that will be interesting to watch, the EDD is in the process of launching something called EDD Next, which is going to be sort of a more digital approach to unemployment, hopefully simplifying some of this, but that's early days. And the state has, frankly, tried to modernize its system before, like after the Great Recession and spent tens of millions of dollars on that. And we still ended up with the situation during the pandemic. So it seems like something where there needs to be a more sustained level of scrutiny to kind of ensure that changes are made. And this unemployment appeals process, is that completely separate from EDD? I mean, where is that in the bureaucracy? Yeah, it's confusing. So you technically have to file your appeal with the EDD, but then the EDD transfers the case immediately to this other agency called the California Unemployment Insurance Appeals Board. Kind of a mouthful. Um, the Legislative Analyst Office has come out, among others, and said, you know, this system is too complicated. You should just file appeals directly with the appeals board, and maybe we should give the appeals board a bit more agency in all of this, because um, EDD already has a lot that they're juggling. So that's, again, something that's been proposed, but that proposal is just kind of sitting there, and the, the legislature hasn't done anything with it from what we can tell. Here's a listener comment. Stephanie writes, two of the most important state functions, the EDD and the DMV, seem to be so poorly managed and technologically challenged no governor seems to have been able to address the problem. Here we are in the heart of Silicon Valley, and our state systems are just terrible. Uh, Lauren, that is ironic, isn't it? And and it's not like nothing's been done to try to fix EDD. In fact, I think Deloitte got tens of millions, like $100 million, to, to, to quote-unquote fix the EDD system, right? That's correct. And then Deloitte received tens of millions of dollars more in contracts during the pandemic to run overflow call centers as well. Um, so, yeah, it's it's this question of kind of what will it take? And to, to this listener's point, I think it does raise a broader issue of how the state handles its, its tech contracts. Like, what are the criteria we're looking at to evaluate private contractors, not just at EDD, but at the DMV or at others? Um, are there things that could be done in-house to, to try to improve these systems before we give out the expensive contracts. Um, those are a lot of questions that I think could be addressed at, at like the broader state level, but, you know, they could help in, in EDD and a, a different slew of agencies. Yeah. Jenna, Gary, I'm curious, uh, do other states have these kinds of technological problems? I mean, California has decades of bad stories uh, of technology gone bad or just never worked. Yeah, unfortunately, this is a systemic issue across the country. And I will say the, the one bright side is that the U.S. Department of Labor, which is the federal agency that oversees unemployment insurance agencies across the states, received $2 billion under the American Rescue Plan Act to actually modernize technology, improve benefit delivery, fight fraud, um, and improve equity, too. There was an equity component to it. And they've now given out a vast majority of that $2 billion in direct grants to states to help modernize their systems and improve equity. So they're 
state of California currently has millions of dollars from the federal government to improve their systems. They also are about to get and be enrolled in the U.S. Department of Labor's Tiger Team process. So this is the U.S. Department of Labor sends an interdisciplinary team, so experts in processes and equity um, and customer service, and they do a six-week deep dive into the agency to figure out the biggest pain points, and then they give them a set of recommendations to solve them, and then they can give them funding to actually implement that. So, hope you know, this is a slow process. There are some bright, <laughs> bright spots, but it's well, that, take that, a while. that federal money, do you know how much of that, or if, you know, how much of it, any of it, has gone to EDD? Uh, mil- multi millions of dollars yeah. has gone to the EDD. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that sounds like a follow up story for <laughs> Lauren and others. Uh, let's go back to the phones again. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, have you been denied unemployment benefits? Did you apply for unemployment during the pandemic? Uh, let us know your story and you know, your thoughts about what you're hearing here during this hour. Eight six six seven three three sixty seven eighty six eight six six seven three three six seven eight six. Or if you prefer, you can send us a message, comment, question on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're at KQED Forum. And let's go now to Fairfield and Edie. Welcome. Hi there. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I am going to say something that is an uncomfortable truth that everyone here in in this discussion needs to accept. I did not have um, uh, get benefits during the pandemic. I've only gotten EDD benefits, uh, unemployment benefits, once in 2013. Everything I am hearing is exactly what was happening back in 2013. EDD is broken. I'm I'm not a scorched earth person. I am, generally speaking, a pretty moderate person. But when are we going to accept that EDD, in particular, far more than the DMV, is so rife with incompetence and endemic fraud. When you have people that work in the EDD actually participating in the scams that stole money from hardworking Californians that pay a premium for our services and our unemployment benefits, far more than any other state. The EDD is broken. It needs to be torn down to its foundations and started again. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I, I, and like I said, I am not a firebrand, but my one experience from that, after spending 45 hours waiting on the phone and never getting a person, mm. never getting a human being, yeah. in 2013, this yeah. is before the pandemic. Well, yeah, and you know, you make a good point, Edie, because uh, Lauren, I mean, the uh, the state auditor flagged a lot of these problems. I think like 10, 12, 13 years ago, and you know, very little was really done. It wasn't taken seriously until this total meltdown happened, right? Yeah, that's right. And then that's why when you talk yeah. to folks who have watched this system, they'll say it's frustrating. You see this cycle where there's like outrage every time there's a recession or something goes really wrong. And then it's just back to like, yeah. do to do, not pay attention to it for yeah. a few years after that. Exactly. All right. We're going to take another break. And when we come back, more stories, maybe some solutions, uh, hopefully, uh, and some advice. If you have a question, give us a call, 866-733-6786. We've got someone from the National Employment Law Project here, Jenna Gary. 
along with Lauren Hepler from CalMatters. Scott Schaefer here from Mina Kim, and we'd love to hear from you, 866-733-6786, or send us a message on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. We're at KQED Forum. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. And welcome back to Forum. Scott Schaefer here for me and Kim. We're talking this hour about the ongoing problems with the EDD, the Employment Development Department, as well as now the Unemployment Appeals Board, which is dealing with some of those rejected claims and other issues. We're hearing, uh, again, that these problems uh, have not been fixed by any means. Lauren Hepler is with us, uh, investigative reporter with Cal Matters, along with Jenna Gary. She is a senior staff attorney with the National Employment Law Project. And if you want to join us, the number is 866-733-6786. And uh, we've got some comments here. Let me see. Um, let me see if I can read them. Why am I not seeing them? Here's a listener who writes, I collected EDD during the pandemic, filed an appeal to get my claim because I had to prove I was misclassified. Um, as a contractor with the debit card, I transferred my money to my bank account precisely because government bureaucracies are not designed to handle anything that doesn't go exactly according to their rules. Can your guests speak to the problems with computer systems that have been held together with chewing gum and what, if anything, is being done about it? Uh, during the break, uh, Jenna, we were talking about that very question, what is being done? And you had, a, had an observation about what the legislature is or isn't doing. Yeah, I mean, this year there was no bills to reform the unemployment insurance. There was a bill that is still making its way through the legislature to expand unemployment insurance to undocumented workers who are currently excluded um, and were not able to access those benefits during the pandemic. Um, Unfortunately, that has not made it into the governor's budget this year. Um, And so the one bill that was looking to actually fix this for, you know, a marginalized population who has been left behind far too often didn't make it. And yet we saw no other reforms. We owe, like what was said, $18 billion, but yet there is not a single proposal on the table this year to reform our unemployment insurance tax structure. Yeah. It's, and, and that's not even something that would cost money. I mean, there is a deficit this year, but uh, yeah, it's something that could be done to fix at least the funding of the unemployment insurance system. Um, let's hear from another uh, person now who has gone through some of these problems. Nicholas Allen is a graphic designer based in Fresno. He joins us now. Nicholas, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. So tell us what happened to you. I think you had a denial from EDD and you've filed some appeals. Where are things and how are you doing? Um, Right now, my case is in limbo. 
it's really not going anywhere. It's I've, I've exhausted my appeals process with the uh, the appeals board. My case was originally filed in uh, back in 2021, July of 2021. And within pretty much two or three weeks, they had declared the case to be fraudulent or basically denied it hmm. um, for various reasons. Hmm. Um, so it it pretty much immediately went to the appeals board, but it took a very long time to finally get a hold of the appeals board and, and move it forward. Um, and one of the ways I was actually able to get that was to go through the appeals board's actual website, log in, and through their process, you can request a hearing in person or on the phone. Um, and that, I guess, gave them some kind of alert. So if there's anyone else that wanted to pay attention and try to do that, that was one way that I got to speak to one of the judges hmm. on the phone at the appeals board. Okay. And did you feel like they were listening? I mean, did you feel like you made any progress? He, or was it he, just sort of a formality in a way? This first phone call, what he explained is that what was going on is the EDD had sent his sent my claim to him, to his uh, department, but he didn't feel there was any need for it to be there because he could clearly see that there was just a, like a clerical error that needed to be fixed. So he was going to kick it back down to the EDD. He wanted to explain that it was going to say that my claim had been dismissed or something to that nature and just not to worry that everything was still in process, but it had to be sent back to the EDD so that they could fix the air that I had already tried to get them to fix, but they refused to correct. Hmm. Um, yeah. In which, yeah. Yeah. It, and, it, and it was a. I'm sorry to, sorry to step what, on you there. What, what, and, and like, what impact has all that had on you? I mean, emotionally, financially? It was very trying on me and my family. We actually ended up having two children during the pandemic. Um, and that was, we were trying for years to have kids. So, that was a blessing for us and we were very grateful for it. And, but trying to work through that without my income and then knowing that, okay, well, we, now we can, we'll rely on this for as long as we need it, but we have it, the safety net will apply for unemployment. It'll be fine. And then the, to not have it just meant that there was a lot of strenuous nights with me and my wife trying to figure out, you know, what bills are going to get paid. And, and there were loans that were taken out that, um, that I wish didn't have to be taken out. We borrowed money from my family. Um, basically, my my mom had to, you know, fork over some of her retirement. So, like, now that's over our head to make sure we can pay that back because she needs it. Yeah, and you're and you're uh, out of appeals. You said. Yeah, I they they I am out of appeals. The last letter that they wrote to me because I tried to appeal her verdict that the judge's verdict that she modified my case. She moved my she moved my dates as if like just magically made it to where I didn't, didn't even apply until 2022. Yeah. So but, but then I only had like only six weeks left of my entire yeah. benefits that would have been available. So yeah. it was really weird what she did. Yeah. But the appeal board said they had no authority to reconsider her decision. Yeah. Well, Nicholas, I really yeah. thank you for sharing your story. Sorry you, you had to go through that. It sounds like you're still going through it in one way or another, but uh, best of luck to you. And hopefully you get some resolution, some justice uh, going forward. Thank, thanks again for, for checking in with us.
Yeah, we, we the writ of mandate to the Supreme Court. That's what my suggestion is. <laughs> okay, thanks very much. Jenna, Gary, uh, any thoughts uh, for Nicholas? Um, there is this class action lawsuit, although, you know, the lawyers tend to get most of that money. Yeah, I mean... No offense, I know you're a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, as a lawyer, um, I do think, though, there are lawyers out there, like he talked about, the next step after the appeals board is going to California state courts, fi- filing what's called a writ of mandamus and asking the court to look over the file. Um, you know, if he hasn't yet, you know, there are organizations, like I said before, the Center for Workers' Rights. There's my former employer, Legal Aid at Work, that does direct services. There's also the California Employment Lawyers Association, where you can search for employment lawyers that you can talk to about this. But I think ultimately what his case shows me and what we've heard over and over again is these are long-standing systemic problems and every recession people realize how broken the system is they raise arms we we, we pump millions billions of dollars into putting temporary band-aids on these like gaping holes our economy recovers and no one wants to do anything to fix it yeah. and i think a co-worker said it so aptly this morning that like you have to fix the roof when the sun is shining well the sun is shining it's time for us to fix the roof yeah well as Edie said, you know, really, in some ways, these bureaucracies need to be torn down and start over. But it just doesn't happen that way in government, especially, you know, when you need those. They are doing services every single day. So it's hard to the sun may be shining, but I'm sure inside those offices, it's pretty cloudy. All right, let's go to the phones. And our next stop is Berkeley and Virginia. Welcome. Hi, um, I'm not an apologist for EDD, but I did work for them for 17 years. Hmm. And one of the issues I think that we're not talking about is, you know, most of the people who work there are well-meaning. Most of them hate what's going on. It is totally screwed up. But when unemployment rates go down, states get less money. States get more money when unemployment rates go up. So it's not that people are just sitting around, you know, just to the last comment about the rainy day. Um, Fixing computer systems that were built in the 1990s, in the 1980s, um, programmed in COBOL, is incredibly expensive. And the political will of uh, members of Congress, state legislature, to actually get enough money (laughs) to state agencies to actually fix fix these systems is very, very low. Yeah. well, as Jenna said a moment ago, you know, there was some is some federal money in the pipeline. Maybe, maybe that will help. But, uh, you know, as somebody who worked there for all those years, I mean, is the problem beyond is it beyond the program and the computer system and the fact that it's, you know, a COBOL, which like who uses? Nobody uses that anymore, I don't think. Uh, you know, what uh, what could be done from inside, if anything? Yeah, so I uh, actually oversaw the unemployment insurance program under the Obama administration for uh, eight states in California, in the western part of the United States. And there are absolutely technical issues that need to be addressed and computer issues. There's also a huge amount of work that could be done in uh, redesigning services, products, that are more customer friendly, that people can understand. I mean, I actually went online and applied for unemployment insurance during COVID just to see what the experience was like. I know it very well, and I could not, um, I, I, I literally couldn't understand half of what was on the website. So I, 
I now teach human centered design. I think uh, bringing in uh, UI clients, some of the people that were on the phone with you and really understanding their experience and really starting to redesign, not to make something more technically efficient, but to make something work better for the people that it's there to serve would be a really great step in the right direction. Yeah. Well, Virginia, thanks so much. Thanks for your state service. I know that uh, when you work in those systems, it's, it's just as frustrating, maybe more, maybe less, but it's frustrating. Uh, you feel some of the same frustrations and no doubt for the people who are going through the system and uh, you know, just not getting served as well as they really deserve to be. So thanks, thanks so much for the call. We did, by the way, invite EDD and the California Unemployment Insurance Appeals Board to uh, have somebody join us. Um, they declined. They did send us a statement. Uh, Here's from EDD, the backlog, they say, the backlog of unemployment insurance claims pending uh, more than 21 days is down to fewer than 5,000 from 685,700 in December 2020. Uh, The California EDD is dedicated to combating fraud, uh, fraudulent activity, and protecting benefits for legitimate California workers in need. Uh, Not It's a nice statement. It's not going to really help anybody, though, Uh, at least not uh, as we speak right now. And then also the California Uninsurance Appeals Board said they're sympathetic to Californians that are waiting for an appeal hearing. They say we continue to hire and onboard new judges and support staff, which has maximized uh, judicial hearing assignments, uh, successfully implemented an automated process to digitally transmit unemployment insurance appeal documents from the EDD to the uh, um, wow. It's just like I'm just going to stop reading that because my eyes are crossed. But uh, you know that 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 is the that is the system that we have, and uh, it is enormously frustrating. It's enormously tough to change it, and um, you know as as uh, the, the previous caller said, there's a lot of frustration both with the staff and then of course with the people who are uh, are dealing with uh, trying to get these benefits. You're listening to Forum. I'm Scott Schaefer in for Mina Kim. And let's go back to the phones now and let's uh, go to Belinda. You're next. Welcome. Hi. Hi, Scott. Um, So I'm Belinda and I really appreciate this uh, topic. Couldn't have come at a more perfect time. Um, Just briefly, I had COVID at the beginning of February I work for a leading company and have been working through the pandemic in a frontline service role. Um, I was uh, um, eligible for pandemic pay to do with my the, the, to do with COVID, but then I had kick-on health effects and was directed to apply to EDD for coverage. So. Um, just very briefly, because I probably only have 15 seconds. Right? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I I have was event. I was denied benefits with no reason given. Hmm. I too, like your previous callers, um, you know, I'm a smart person. I actually don't mind reading, say, tax documents. So I'm fine reading and trying to apply and follow directions. Hmm. This thing had me in a twist. I couldn't even find the address of hmm. my company, even though I knew it, and it should have been automated you know, fill in the blank thing. So there were problems from that aspect. Then I counted that I was having to deal with seven institutions. In other words, my workplace, the doctor, the client services desk at the uh, doctors, EDD. Um, Then if EDD denies you and your company, you're lucky enough to have something that would um, complement the pay that EDD covers, which is only 50 to 60% of yeah. lost wages. Yeah. Um, they well, base their thing on EDD, et cetera, et cetera. And well, I'll just rapidly say I was denied, no reason. I was told that I would have to appeal three times, by mm. which time I was sick, 
stressed, put on my first medication that I've ever had in my life for, for hypertension, mm. losing money, having to take out loans. And what I did in the end is I um, asked, I made an appeal to friends on Facebook, and I have been helped by 10 friends, huh. but I am now in debt and yeah. having to appeal. I'm being told three times, yeah. which I have not done yet. Well, and I'm so, so sorry for what you're going through. And, uh, you know, you have, there's a lot of company that you have, unfortunately. Uh, but thank you so much for sharing that. And, uh, you know, I would say on top of that, Jen, I mean, you know, as, as the caller said, you know, she's willing to read things. If you're, you know, not, if English is not your first language, <laughs> then what? Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, I can sympathize. I'm a lawyer. I work in unemployment insurance, and I find the application confusing. So that's, you know, that's where we're starting. Um, yes, language access at the Employment Development Department has had the same issues and problems that we've heard. It's been neglected. It hasn't been focused on. Luckily, um, a couple years ago, there was a big push by many advocacy groups, um, both through the legislature, and then there was uh, actually litigation against them for violating federal and state language access laws. And through the settlement, through a, a large amount of investment through the state budget a couple of years ago, they now have hired uh, a person dedicated at the EDD to ensuring language access. They are rolling out the online application in English and Spanish and will be working on additional languages as well. They have dedicated phone lines now. And so I I will say we're, we're seeing progress based on the demands of workers and advocates to actually fix this problem. But of course, if English is not your first language, imagine the barriers you face along with all these other people. Yeah. Dan writes, I applied for EDD in 2010. I'm currently receiving payments due to a recent workforce reduction. In both cases, the process worked pretty well for me. I'm sorry that others have not had as good of an experience with them as I have. And then another listener writes, I'm grateful for EDD because the money received from them put me through the pandemic. It wasn't much, but it was a big help. So, you know, it's important, uh, Lauren Hepler, to, to remember that. You know, there are a lot of problems, but it, at the same time, it's they are helping a lot of folks. And it seems like they're trying, there's this balance between efficiency and security. You know, you want to process these claims quickly as possible, but at the same time, you don't want to do it too fast because then you get $30 billion in fraudulent claims that are approved. Yes, that's absolutely the balancing act you hear about from folks who work at EDD. And one thing the last caller raised so that I think is really important to highlight, it, she was talking about what sounded like a disability claim. So the question now is like, we know a lot of this was focused on unemployment, jobless claims during the pandemic. But I've, I'm hearing from folks now who are experiencing similar things with disability, with um, medical leave, if like you, you have a baby and go on maternity leave. Um, so I think the the real scramble now is like making sure this doesn't continue to spiral and impact other programs as well. Yeah. And of course, you know, it does serve to undermine faith in government generally. You know, a lot of people feel that it doesn't matter who they vote for because, uh, you know, nothing's really going to change. Here's a comment from another listener who says the ease of fraud in California's EDD is unacceptable. That some legitimate applicants have not been treated fairly is unacceptable. Uh, that some have been and may be homeless through no fault of their own is unacceptable. Who is looking out for the people of California? Voters need to contact their representatives and remind them who they represent. That is a good idea. And uh, there's always elections, right? Elections come up every two years, every four years. Thank you so much to all of our listeners for your comments and questions. Thanks also to Lauren Hepler, investigative reporter with Cal Matters, and Jenna Gary, senior staff attorney from the National Employment Law Project. Thanks so much.
Thank you. And thanks also to Nicholas Allen and Madeline May for calling in earlier. And uh, yeah, complicated, complicated issues. And it's good to remember that just because it's out of the headlines doesn't mean it's fixed. You've been listening to Forum. Thanks to all of our guests and to our listeners. I'm Scott Schaefer. And for Mina Kim, you've been listening to Forum. Have a great day. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising-Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.